been great already uh, in 2018 to be together. Uh, Happy New Year if I haven't seen you yet. Uh, we were in Australia over the holidays and I miss you guys. And I don't think we brought back the measles. Um, and I think flu, the Australian flu already had arrived before we got back. And so if you've gotten that, please don't blame my family. Or my cow, because he came after we did. So, uh, yeah, thanks Mike and Ashley for sharing for communion. Um, great to have these Australian-UK connections. They'll continue, I think, in this church always uh, in various forms. And uh, Mike's going to preach the word to us next Sunday, uh, which I'm excited about. Mike's an elder in the city church, and they've had a great, they had a great year in 2017. I look forward to Mike getting to share with us and inspire us as a church what we can learn from our brothers and sisters um, in Australia. Thanks to also Scott for the contribution. And, you know, it's a new year, and it's great to look at some of those New Year's resolutions, and one of those certainly can be, what more can I give? Yeah. Uh, certainly our hearts, our time, uh, you know, our, our, our service, uh, but certainly some of us can maybe give more financially, and we want to help the church grow. Uh, we are in a, in a stage of, of growing pains, trying to find a permanent facility on a Sunday, you know, experimenting with meeting on this end of town. Uh, we're meeting here this morning. Uh, they're also meeting in Wolverhampton this morning. Uh, and then we're having a service this afternoon at 2.15. If you can't get enough of church, you can come back at 2.15. Cool. At 2.15, that's our service right. in Sutton Coldfield. Uh, so it's exciting, though. It's, just, it's a new era in the church. It's a new year. Uh, hopefully we're all excited to see what God's going to do um, in 2018. I'm also excited today um, because when I think of people in the Birmingham Church, you know, like, you know, I just think of the Birmingham Church and how it just has such awesome people. Uh, one of those people from day one since I got here was Antoinette. Antoinette has always been, she's always there, she's always fired up, she's always ready to go, and worships God with all her heart, yeah. and it's Antoinette's birthday today. Yeah. So I think it's only appropriate that she stands on up here, we sing happy birthday to her on the day of birthday, can you stand up with me, it's happy birthday to Sully Park, because they're looking for a weekend caretaker before we'll know if we can meet there on Sundays, um, and uh, we'll keep you posted as soon as we know more. They've been out of school, and they haven't given us the final word on whether we can meet there or not. We may be back at Hansworth. Uh, we'll just see. We did take a, a survey uh, in the church, and we'll talk about this a bit Wednesday more, uh, but it's very clear most people prefer the morning time for church, but most people like the Hansworth you know, facility better. Uh, and so, you know, so maybe there's some kind of compromise there. We don't know. Maybe, maybe Hansworth in the summer and uh, Sully Park in the winter. You know, I don't know. So we're we're going to continue to see what God does. Um, you can go to our website, BirminghamChurch.org.uk, and we'll have all the updates on there. Uh, you might notice it's a new look. Yeah. Uh, Chris Grabber worked tirelessly and, and put in a lot of effort and gave it a new, sleek, uh, really, you know, uh, friendly, kind of savvy, uh, you know, approach. Uh, to, and obviously, you know, a lot of people look for churches on the web. 
Yeah. Uh, that's not uncommon. We've had three or four visitors since I've been here that have just come to finding us yeah. on the internet. So amen for Chris putting in the work. Make sure you thank him. Make sure you look at it. Make sure you use it. We're going to try to make the internet, uh, the, the website, more and more uh, user-friendly for the church and for those who are visiting. Um, I'm excited. We're going to do a theme uh, for the first six weeks or so this new year called Together. Uh, that's a very biblical word, right? This idea that, you know, we're all in this together, right? Um, uh, individualism rules the day in the Western world, but that is not God's plan. That is not God's vision uh, of the church. It's all about being together, right? Um, and so we're going to be focusing in on that in our Sunday services uh, and also uh, in our midweeks. Today is a, kind of the first part of a two-part sermon to kick it off from Acts 2.42. You can be turning to Acts 2. Um, and so if you want the second part of the sermon, you've got to come to midweek on Wednesday. You know, our, 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 our midweek attendance has increased um, for sure since I've been here, but we'd like to see every member of the Bergman Church yep. there for the first two Wednesdays of every month because we're working on things together. And if you're not there, we can't do it together. Yeah. Uh, and I realize some of us, it's challenging with our health or with our work or with our schedules, but please just make every effort to be there because it really makes a difference when we all come together there on Wednesday night. So I look forward to seeing everybody Wednesday night. Um, all together. Uh, speaking of together, what are some visions? Before we move on here, what are some visions maybe that God's put on your heart of, of what you want to see in the church in 2018? Any vision together here before we, we jump on into Acts 2? Any, any, anything on your heart? We had a great Bible Talk Leaders workshop yesterday. I talked about some of our vision for the new year. Uh, but yeah, anything personally or collectively just for the church? Um, to see single men and women come circles. Come on, singles. Yeah, singles ministry is on the move. It is moving. Signing. I think I'd like to see um, more teams become Christians. More teams. Yeah. Yeah. And amen. We have Matt team doing full-time team ministry work now. Yeah. That's going to help. Amen. Other things. Done. I'd like to see more um, mothers of um, disciples and you know, fathers become disciples. More family members becoming Christians. Yeah. How awesome would that be? And even even family members restored. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few you know that, that that have drifted off that are that are family that we'd love to see come back. Mm-hmm. Yes. More students become Christians as well. Yes, more students becoming Christians. Amen. Thanks, Antoinette, for that. Well, it's good to start thinking that way. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, today will help us to continue to, to go forward together in our vision uh, for what God wants to do. You know, what is God going to do in 2018? You know, we don't know. I believe God has a lot of vision for us all. And I'm not sure exactly what He will do, but I'm sure that He wants us to do it together. That's the one thing, right, I'm sure of, and I'm sure when we look at the Bible, we'll see that's even more true. Um, the Bible, from beginning to end, is full of this theme of together. You know, the first human that was created was Adam, right? And, and what did God say as he saw Adam there, his little pathetic self in the garden? It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. He's missing something, so he brought, so he brought him Eve. Amen. Amen, sisters. And, uh, and, and, and so, as perfect as that design was, as perfect as that design was... There needed to be some togetherness there for Adam to be complete and to be what he needed to be. And then you go to the very last verse. The very last verse of the, of the, whole, of the whole Bible is Revelation 22, verse 21. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Again, together from beginning to end is a theme uh, that is very biblical. And we're going to look here at Acts 2, uh, 42 to 47 over the next six weeks. We're going to kind of break this down a bit. And, of course, this is... This is really the togetherness theme scripture, right? If you're going to go to one New Testament passage that talks about how, how important it is to be together, it's, of course, Acts 2, uh, 42 to 47. And so if I can get three readers uh, to read, uh, someone to read verses 42 to 43, Ricky, someone to read verses 44 to 45, 
Andrew. And so we read verses 46 to 47. Mermia. We'll read together. Okay. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle of doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 44. 45, Andrew. Um, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number of daily those who were in the same. Thank you. Amen. You know, this is a, it's a rich powerful, wonderful picture, right, of the early church. Uh, you know, as Christians, we, we've all experienced this at times. Hopefully we even feel a little bit of this even today as we come together right here um, in the BAYC. Um, it doesn't look the same, I'm sure, as it did back then, but, but those elements that we see here in Acts 2, 42-47 are still alive and working in different ways um, even today. Um, but that also is the challenge because we have all experienced some of these things in the past. We, the church has been full of hope, full of vision, full of miracles, full of wonders, and, we, and we've seen God do great things uh, if we've been around a little while in the church. But that can also sometimes impede us today. I read this great quote by R.T. Kendall. He says, Sometimes the greatest opposition to what God wants to do next comes from those who were on the cutting edge of what God did last. And isn't that true? Sometimes you know, it was so good, and we were a part of that, that we kind of, we kind of can rest on our laurels and, and, and not want to make it even better together. Uh, and so I know we've all experienced the greatness of the church, but, but hopefully today, tomorrow, we want to make it even better together. That no matter how good it has been or how bad it is, then we want to really move better together in 2018. That's what we're really going to try to look at and think about. Uh, and perhaps uh, what's more, you know, more of a hindrance to us going forward together is not the past, it's actually the present, and specifically our simple natures. Because our simple natures you know, make it all about us. Our simple ma- natures make it all about how we feel, what we think. Uh, what I'm getting out of this, even this morning, we can, we, can, we can make it about us, right, so easily. And that perhaps is the greatest danger, and that, and that is certainly a huge part of our culture. That's just Western thinking. It's, you know, it's all about me, right, the personal trinity, me, myself, and I, you know, rather than the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, it is, and it is easier and faster and can even seem better to kind of just focus on yourself and do what's best for you. Uh, but it's really not biblical. Uh, and I read this uh, this proverb. It's a cultural proverb. If you want to, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm, yeah. And isn't that true? We could all accomplish the things we want to accomplish quickly by ourselves. Uh, but how long and how short term, right? Uh, will that progress really be uh, in the end? Uh, and so God wants all of us to go farther in 2018, I believe. But we'll do this better as we go. Uh, together. And Acts 2, 42 to 47 that we just read is a great template, a great template uh, for that. And so what does together look like biblically? That's what we want to do as we look at this passage here this morning. And how can we better do this together? Uh, I see two things here in this passage uh, that really stand out to me, and they're just two words, and we'll look at one of those words today, and then the other word we'll look at on Wednesday. The first word uh, that I see here today is the word obsession. The word obsession. You know, Acts 2, 42, it says they were devoted, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, that, that word devoted means to attend constantly, mm-hmm. to attend constantly. That's 
you know, the nature of the Greek word. But today, you know, we use the word more obsessed. That person's obsessed with Aston Villa football. No, 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 not that anybody's necessarily in the room or anything, but, uh, you, know, you, know, that, you know, that man's obsessed with taking care of his family. Oh, you should have seen what he did with him for Christmas. And so it's a very positive term, you know, uh, this, this idea of being obsessed. Obviously, there's a point where it can go too far, and it can be a very negative term, right? Uh, but, but we're talking here, of course, about this positive way of, of how the early church was obsessed. You know, they're obsessed with the apostles' teaching. The breaking of bread, the fellowship, and prayer. And so, of course, God was doing great things through uh, their obsession. And so, so today I want to kind of talk about this, this idea of, of this Acts 242 obsession. The 242 obsession, if you will. It sounds like a pop song or the title of a movie. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe some kind of cologne or something. I, you know, I don't know, but, but, but the church should be kind of epic. The church should be exciting. It should kind of have that feel where it's, oh, look at that 242 obsession. Oh, did you hear about it? Oh, did you see it? That's, that's what you see in, in, in verses 42 to 47. There's this, there's this obsession that is spoken of in 42 and then all this flows from it in verses 43 uh, to 47. And so these four things uh, were really a part of their 242 obsession. It was learning, fellowshipping, remembering, and praying. So let's look at the, these four real quick here as we close out our time. The first here is they were, they were really obsessed with learning. It says in the text they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. You know, we, we don't have Peter and James and John preaching today. I wish we did. I would gladly sit down every time those men showed up, and uh, as I should. And and but we of course have the New Testament. And the New Testament is 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 the twenty seven letters that that came from the apostles. Whether they wrote them or someone else, they're the they're the apostles' account. And so we still have the apostles' teaching today. It's it's the New Testament. Um, Romans eleven verse thirty three. Paul is is pondering, you know, about God's word, and he says, "Oh, the depth of the riches." Uh, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. You know, like, like Mike said in the community, you know, God's word should blow our socks off sometimes. You know, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. When we open up our Bibles, that's, that's what we're diving into. And the depth there, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's immeasurable. You know, that, that's, what, that's the riches that we're getting to, to, to touch and experience. And then again, the, the value of that. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond our understanding. Uh, that's what they had then, literally in the flesh, as the apostles were teaching them. That's what we still have today in the 27 books of the New Testament. I've been inspired by my wife. She, uh, she loves to learn. She's been listening to all kinds of TED Talks, all kinds of sermons online, podcasts. Um, and she's inspired me to, to do more of that in my, in my life. Um, and I've stolen a lot of her material for my sermons. Whether, whether I give her the credit or not, always, I don't know. i got to do a better job, maybe, because she'll, she'll, she'll tell me something. I'm like, man, that's brilliant. And I'll just write it down, and I'll, and I'll bring it out. She'll be like, wow, that's so insightful. And I always, at, that, at least at that point, try to, you know, try to, try to say, thanks, my wife, with that. Thanks. Um, but, you know, I'm just so inspired by that. And, and, and for me, someone who has to communicate God's word on a regular basis, it's so easy to, to know that I have to do that. And so I do it. But I want to have that heart in 2018. I want to do that. I want to be in God's Word. I want to learn from God's Word. Uh, and, and I hope for your quiet times in your personal walk with God, you feel the same way that you want You want to learn. You want to grow in your understanding of the riches and the, and, the, and the depth of God's Word. So how can we better pursue together the endless riches of God's Word in 2018? It's a great question for us all to consider. And let's work on that together this year. Uh, the second thing here is fellowshipping. There's learning. 
from God's word. The second is this idea of fellowshipping. The, the Greek word there is koinonia. Koinonia. And it literally, it literally means to hold something in common. You know, fellowship, you know, helps us to have those OU2 moments. But we have to bring the things that we have in common together and talk about them and bring them out to have those kinds of moments. And if you look around the room today, we, we have a lot that is not in common in our, in our cultural backgrounds, our ages, you know, the parts of the city that we live in. Even, even in this room, this is the South Service, but people are from all, all different ends, even east and, and you know, way south and, and in the city and you know, even, even in this room. But the one thing that we have in common, of course, and why we come together today is because of Christ. Amen. But how often are we really bringing out what we're finding, what we're learning, what we're discovering in Christ when we come to church? A lot of times we're sitting back waiting for someone who's speaking to share with us their insight, and certainly that's part of fellowshipping is that we do that together. But a big, huge part of that, to me, at least half of the part of what's really important in fellowship is, is me and Matt seeing each other and, oh, hey, how's your quiet time going? Hey, this is what I'm learning from my quiet time. Oh, hey, hey, Nick, I, I noticed this, you know, and I want to encourage you with this scripture because I, I noticed that you still have a beard in 2018. <laughs> 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 Actually, that would be unbiblical. Jesus had a beard. Yeah, you should challenge me on that. I got that backwards. I got that backwards. I got that backwards. But that, that's, that's funny. But in all seriousness, how exciting is it? We really, we really are seeing Christ and learning from Christ and experiencing Christ. And then we bring that to church. Not just waiting for someone to encourage us from the pulpit or, or the song leader. But we, we come in ready to encourage. Ready to give. That, that's the kind of fellowship that drew us into the church, and that's the kind of fellowship we gotta we gotta keep growing together in 2018 if we want to see God do greater things. And I love that because that means we're all part of it. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether you're speaking or not, yeah. we should all be speaking today, yeah. right? Yeah. About what we already have in common in Christ. You know, we unfortunately live in an entertainment culture today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it seems like, you know, we're we're you know, how many hours how many hours a week do you do you get entertained with mm-hmm. Netflix, the BBC, the internet? Versus how many hours, you know, do you spend, you know, being entertained and enthralled with Christ? The riches and the depth and the wisdom of Christ in your life. You know, the last Jedi came out and everyone's all excited about it, you know. But what about the last disciple? You know, and you know, the the, the spiritual lightsaber's coming out for that, you know. And that's the stuff we should be bringing to our fellowship. That's the stuff we should be excited about. Uh, The blockbuster main event then was fellowship. It wasn't the next movie. It wasn't the next event. It was just... Church is getting together again. Mm. Let's come together and share these riches and this abundance that we have in Christ. Mm. Christ brings us together, and, and, and so he can help us to be closer. And I think that's the thing. We, we want to have friendships like this in the church. A friend loves at all times, and a brother and sister is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 17, verse 17. H- how does that really happen? Mm. Oh, it happens when we, when we, all, when we all love a a certain sport team, or, or we all have a similar hobby, or we all live in the same neighborhood, or we're all at the same life stage. That's not what you find in the New Testament. It's when we all remember what we have in Christ, and we share that together more and more and more. That's what creates That's what creates these kinds of friendships and these kinds of relationships that we all need and all want in the church. So learning, fellowshipping. Third thing here is remembering. Remembering. You know, the text here, uh, it's quite interesting. It says they were devoted to the, the, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, right? It's the third thing. What is the breaking of bread referring to? Well, we, we think it's probably referring to communion. 
Because in verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they together with glad, sincere hearts. And so there's a distinction from verse 42 to verse 46. And then uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, the same phrase is used for communion. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Uh, and so if you look at the two options, it's pretty clear that they're talking about remembering Jesus. They're talking about making sure the cross of Christ uh, is at the center of their lives. Um, I'm doing a book right now called The Grief Recovery Handbook. And it's all about working through your grief in the right way. Uh, with the loss of my brother, I'm really trying to make sure I do that. Um, and it's been very challenging, uh, to say the least, too. Because one of the things they ask you to do is they ask you to make a, uh, it's called a, uh, it's called a uh, sorry, a uh, loss history graph. And you have to go through and you have to remember all the different losses that you've had in your life. And it was actually, it was, it was quite interesting to do and quite painful at the same time. Um, but the first thing they ask you to remember is your DOCM. The dawn of conscience memory. So they try to get you to remember your first memory. And I'm sitting there like, oh, I have no idea. My memory is terrible, clearly. I just remember Camp Wilson. I grew up on this YMCA camp at Camp Wilson. So that's, that's what I put for my DOCM. But with Christ, as Christians, we all, have the, we all have a DOCM with Christ. That moment where you, the, the dawn of who he was, and the reality of what he was offering you, and the gift of his incredible grace that he poured out through his blood on the cross became so clear. It was so clear. And it was the clearest thing you ever saw in your life. It was the most profound truth you, you had ever experienced. And the challenge is, can we keep it that way? Can we continue to remember what he did for us? Can we continue to remember how important the cross is in our lives? Can we continue to make sure that we don't lose, we don't lose hold of those those memories mm. of literally what he did and then what that still means for us today mm. and tomorrow. We must keep remembering the DOCM of the cross of Christ. Mm. Remembering what he did but also what it means over and over and over. You know, we got to keep going back to the cross so we can keep moving forward together. Mm. You know, there, there's no other way to do it. We're, we're too sinful. We're too different. And our task is too hard. We make it about, you know, personalities and methods and styles and ministries. And we're cooked. Yeah. But at the cross, it's level. Yeah. It's all level. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your pocket. It doesn't matter what you've already done or haven't done. It doesn't matter how bad 2017 was at the cross. It's all level. Yeah. And by remembering the cross, we can move forward further and further together in 2018. Let's make sure as a church that we, we're taking our communion seriously. Yeah. And what we just did, we're, we're doing with the utmost sincerity of heart and the utmost seriousness in our lives. You know, how can we t together keep the cross the center of our lives uh, in 2018? Let's really think about that. The early church was obsessed with the cross of Christ, and it changed them and transformed them through and through and through. Mm. Fourth and finally here, we've got to be praying. An obvious one, right? Yeah. You know, the early church, they, they knew, they knew without a shadow of a doubt that the power of their church came from and through prayer. Mm -hmm. Why do I say that? Well, Acts 1.14, the only thing they're really doing, they're, they're <laughs> in some kind of upper room, getting together, and also so the only activity they had, out of all the activities they could have had, was they were just praying constantly mm -hmm. together. That was the only method, from what I can see, actually from what the early church was doing. That was it. 
And then what happens in chapter 2? Boom! You know, the Holy Spirit comes down and tongues of fire on top of the apostles. Peter stands up, preaches the first sermon in the name of Jesus. 3,000 are baptized that day. Wow. And they must have thought after that, wow, that really worked well. <laughs> Let's keep praying. Yeah. And you go through the book of Acts, and that's what they're doing. They just, they just, they're doing a lot of other things. They're preaching the word for sure, but they just, they just keep praying and praying and praying. Man. You know, Matt and I started out the new year together. We, I took him up to Licky Hills, trying to show the boy around, you know, show him the sights. And uh, so I was so excited to take him up to Licky Hills. I, I love that spot. You know, when, when, when Matt and I came out to visit with you guys and, and interview, uh, the Flemings took us up to Licky Hills, and I just... I loved it. I just, I, I just loved to see the, the, the English countryside and the rolling green hills. And so I was like, oh, man, let's, let's go have this prayer time up at Licky Hills. It's going to be epic. We get up there. You couldn't even see past the car. <laughs> it's foggy. It's raining. <laughs> I, I promise you, it really does look nice. I mean, it's really, really beautiful spot. Really, really. Hang in there. So we get out anyway, so we're going to pray regardless. You know, we start praying and praying, and we're, we're walking all around getting muddy and wet, and then, and then the sky just clears. And you can see the edge of, of the Birmingham cityscape, you know, and you can see the beautiful green rolling hills, and, and, that, and the sun came through, and there was a little crack on the green hills, and I just thought, yes, that's awesome, you know, I mean, Matt, Matt's more encouraged now. And, uh, <laughs> so am I. But I thought about that as, as I was thinking about this lesson, and isn't that what prayer does? It gets so gray, so cloudy, so fast, doesn't it? That's just looking at our own lives. And then you start getting in other people's challenges and setbacks and sins, and it gets even more gray and more cloudy. But man, when we just keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds focused on Christ through prayer, we can, we can, we can put that stuff away. We can, we can empower ourselves to repent. We can, we can work out our relationships if they're severed. You know, we, we can change our ministries if they're stuck. Just, just to that idea of getting on our knees and really going to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. How can we be? How can we be a more prayerful people together in 2018? I think that's a great question uh, that we all need to consider. You know, the early church was obsessed with learning from God's word, one another relationships, the cross of Christ, and prayer. So then there was just this amazing, this absolutely amazing picture, right? And a lot of times we like to focus in, in Acts 2 here, if you look back at the text, that we like to focus in on verses 43 to 47, and we want the church to be this way. We want everyone, in verse 43, to be filled with awe. We want everyone, right, to be inspired about their walk with God. We want every member of the Birmingham church to, to feel that way about, about worshiping God. You know, verse 44, we want all the believers to be together. We want to have this togetherness, right, that doesn't have to be forced or forged, but it, we just want to be together, right? Mm-hmm. We want to have everything in common. We want to make sure everyone's taken care of, right? That that, that no one no one goes g- goes lonely. No one goes goes poor. No one goes you know without what they need. Uh, to the point that we, we want to be generous, like Scott talked about in his contribution. We want to be willing to sell things if that's even what it takes. I would have less that you would have more. That, that that's what we all want in the church. That's the way the church ought to be. Verse forty six. We want to have daily daily fellowship, daily contact. And this is even out in the community. We want to be a part of our community and have an impact as a church day in and day out. The, the rest of verse 46, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We, we want to be happy. We want to enjoy our lives. We want to come together at church and it's a celebration, right? You know, of, of what God is doing. And then verse 47, you know, they're enjoying it and then it says, And the Lord added to the number daily 
those who are being saved. We, we want to see daily baptisms. How awesome would that be? We all go, yeah, all these things. Who would want one, one or all of these things more in their life in 2018? Well, to me, the key is verse 42. Verse 42. Yeah. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They were devoted to those four things. In verse 42, and then verse 43 to 47, it just flows from that. Amen. It just flows from that. Amen. A lot of times we like to focus on what, what we, it ought to be, rather than just being mm. what we need to be yeah. as disciples of Jesus. Right. If we have an Acts 2.42 obsession, verses 43 to 47 will naturally flow. Yeah. We want the product, but the devotion brings the product. Mm-hmm. Obsession brings correction and direction together. Obsession with these things brings correction and direction together. People obsessed with the right things in the right way can change the world. That's been true of history over and over. And I love this quote uh, by John Wesley, a man who changed Christianity. Uh, He says, I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible for my book, the whole church for my fellowship, and the whole world for my mission field. Acts 2.42, obsession. And I'm encouraged, I think in the church we, we already have it. It, there's already signs of it. It's already occurring. Uh, you know, I think about uh, you know the, the good hearts of the disciples. We've gone from different locations, and we haven't had a place to lay our head. And, and I don't hear grumbling. I just hear people saying, okay, let's make it happen. And I appreciate that. That, to me, is Acts 2.42 obsession. Uh, you know, disciple makers, we put out a, you know, a, an end-of-the-year uh, uh, take-home test, and we've gotten, I think, over 10 of those uh, submitted. You know, so we're going to have a bunch of people graduate from that, people down into their Bibles. Uh, the survey that we did at the end of the year, so many people talking about the sermons and the, the midweeks, and people are they're just eating it up. I heard the Christmas ball was awesome. Sorry, I missed that. We had a great party here New Year's Eve uh, for some of us who came to that. Um, we've seen 11 people baptized in the last year and a half. You know, there, there are so many signs, so many signs that this is already occurring, but we want to see more together. Amen? Amen. And that's why we come together here uh, in the beginning of this new year uh, to really grow. And so let's be obsessed with the things of God and the church that matter. Mm. The word, the fellowship, the cross, and prayer. And with this heart and focus, Acts 2.42, obsession as I'm calling it here, the church will grow together and we'll change the city together. Mm-hmm. And in that endeavor and in that vision, let's go forward together in uh, 2018. And the south side of the Berman Church said, Amen. Amen.